Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. What's going on, everybody? We appreciate you listening in today. Today's guest is, is what you would have to call a renaissance man. He is not only an accomplished saxophone player with seven albums and multiple top songs to his credit. He's a, played a host of venues and jazz festivals over his career. He's done all that while running his very own dental practice as well. So please welcome to the show today, Mr. Philip Doc Martin. How are you today? I'm good, brother. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, we're happy to have you on the show. So do you prefer Philip? Do you prefer Doc? Yeah, you can call me Doc. It's all good. Okay. All right. All right. So first thing I got to ask you, man, is that, you know, how in the world does one juggle being a practicing dentist, running a dental practice, all that while being a recording and touring musician? That's a, that's a lot of work. Well, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a juggling act. It was a lot harder back in the day when I was working for different dental offices. Mm-hmm. But now that I own my own practice, I kind of like make my schedule, you know, like take for instance, I don't work Fridays anymore. Okay. So if I have a festival on the weekend, it's easy for me just to hop on a plane Thursday night. Yeah. And do the whole weekend and be back Monday seeing patients. Okay. Okay. It makes it a little bit easier these days, but back in the day, it was definitely a juggling act. I can imagine. I can imagine. Is this something like you plan on continuing to do this for a while, or are you kind of like, well, you know, I think I want to practice for a few more years and then, you know, be all music, or what's your your plan? What's your thinking? You know, I love it all, so I want to keep on doing both as long as I can do both, but definitely... I find myself scaling back on the dental side lately. And now it's kind of like neck and neck. Like I do the same time as dentistry as with music now. So it's really cool. Really, really cool. Good. And it's interesting to me too, because one of the things I thought about when, you know, reading your bio and thinking about our talk today was just like, wow, it's not like, you know, like these are both professions that require you staying up and ahead of the game, right? You know, so it's like, like you can't practice dentistry without making sure that you're up on, you know, the latest in medical techniques and things like that. As the same as with your craft, like you got to be up on what's going on in the industry with music and continuing to practice and work at both. That's, you know, so like, do you sleep? Yes, I definitely sleep, but <laughs> yeah, not, not, you know, it is a lot. I do go to bed pretty late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you released your first album, Sax Appeal, in 2003. How did that process come about? Like, what happened to make you say, okay, now it's time for me to release my first album? Well, you know, back then, coming up through the music industry, you play for a lot of people, you know? You're backing up a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I started beginning to say to myself, like, man, you know, like, I could do what they're doing. Like I could be out front, like doing my thing. So the only way to do that was to make some music of my own. And I started working the keyboard player in this band that I was playing with, Sassandra Lewis and the Sounds of Soul. He ended up, you know, being this big time producer. Like he just produced Justin Bieber's last record. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. I can't make this stuff up. It's like, 
already been written or something. Like he has never produced a record, but he decided to produce my record. Wow. That's so that was cool. the first record he ever produced. And I just helped, you know, I was I bought him his first M box. I was buying him equipment okay. and stuff. And we made this record and it ended up getting a record deal. Yeah. And it just went from there. And he went on to start producing for everybody himself. And now he's, you know, one of the big names in the industry in producing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. he's, I, I can call him friend, you know, that's my, yeah. that's my friend, you know, my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like for you the first time you heard one of your songs on radio? Oh, man, it was a crazy feeling because the radio lady called me. Uh-huh. And she's like, have you ever heard your music on the radio before? And I was like, no. She's like, well, I'm going to play it right now. And she That's played cool. it. And I'm listening to it. And it's like feeding back like crazy because the phone and the radio uh-huh. are playing like the same thing. And I'm just <laughs> like, yo, this is this feels, this hits different right here. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does that ever get old hearing your music? Oh, it never gets. No. It never yeah. gets old. It never gets old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always a blessing. Like, hey, anybody actually chooses to play my stuff, I'm like, wow, you guys actually playing my stuff. That's amazing. yeah. Well, it's good <laughs> stuff. I mean, so you got a lot of fans out there who enjoy your music. So, I mean, clearly, clearly, it's something. It's a gift that you have. Uh, where does it come from for you? Like, what inspires your music? Is there are there things in life that happen? Is it, I was talking to an artist a couple weeks ago who said she just felt like her music just came to her, you know, that she couldn't pinpoint mm. it. What about you? What inspires your music? I would say it's different things now, you know, like back in the day, it was like, you know, things that happened in my life, mm-hmm. you know, eventually, you know, that that novelty kind of wears off. Uh-huh. And like, I mean, I'm on album number seven. Man. Right. Like, how many things going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so you kind of get inspiration through other things. Like, you know, I always have help now. Like, you know, a lot of times I collaborate with different producers and yeah. they come up with ideas and that inspires me sure. to do certain things and take my music in different directions. So that's kind of where it's at now. Uh-huh. Collaborating with different individuals who bring different things to the table and kind of like make you like, think like, wow, how can I fit into this scenario? Wow, this is inspiring me to do something really cool. Like, so that's, that's kind of where it's at. Okay. Okay. So how do you go about deciding who you want to work with? Like, is it a process of saying, well, I want my sound to be like this for this next project, or I really like this person's work on this project. How do you decide who you want to collaborate with? Yes. It's like, oh, I love this person's work. But these days it's with the atmosphere as it is now in the Mm -hmm. music industry, you kind of like do things for business purposes too. Like more like, okay, this person has gotten in the top 10 billboard his last couple singles. Yeah. Yeah. If he produces a track for me, there's a high chance that I may get Mm -hmm. into billboard, you know, if he helps me out and yeah, you got to kind of, cause I mean, this stuff is not cheap to do, man. No. You know, to promote a record on the radio, pay radio promoters and pay studio time and pay producers, man. If it's not a hit, man, you just blew a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to be strategic these days. At least I am. Yeah. I'm not just going to go off of like emotion. 
you know, I've been burned that way before. I'm, mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm so emotional about this track. I'm going to release it. And then it's crickets. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. That's the way we kind of do it these days, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Strategically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's smart though, too, because I mean, I think you, you, you raise a really, really good point because it's not like back in the day where you had big studios fronting money to do an album and things like that, hoping it would be a hit, right? Right. Nowadays, artists are really betting. You have to bet on yourself as an artist, and you have to invest in yourself as an artist. But like anything you do, an investment, every investment has to have some rate of return. Otherwise, after a while, it's not a worthwhile investment, right? Exactly. And trust me, I have been burned, man. Like, yeah. put all this money into this thing, and, like, nothing happens. And you're just like, wow, I just blew, like, $10,000. Like, yeah. what what is happening right now? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're fortunate that you have another profession. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, there, some artists, that's all they have is their, is their art, you know? Don't have that extra feather in their hat. Yeah, no doubt well, about it. No doubt about it. So who would you say are some of your current musical influences? I would just say, you know, I still listen to the same people I was listening to back in the day, man. Yeah. I love myself some Everett Harp, yeah. Kirk Whalum, yeah. Dave Cos, uh, on the straight ahead tip, you know, I really like uh Cannonball Adderley, mm-hmm. uh a little bit of John Coltrane, some Charlie Parker, you know, I, I still, you know, consider those my my main influence. Yeah. And I, you know, I listen to a lot of your music, you know, this week in particular, I've listened to a lot of your music, just getting ready for our discussion today. And I can, you know, your sound is unique, but you can kind of tell those influences to a degree in your music, right? Definitely, definitely. You can feel how they've, you know, how those people, the Everett Harps and the Kirk Williams of the world, how they've, how they've kind of rubbed off on you and your style of music. Definitely. And, you know, it's really flattering to hear you actually say I sound like myself. Like Mm -hmm. there's like so many there's so many saxophonists out there and you kind of say, oh, they sound the same, you know. Yes. I really do go for my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I have like influences. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why you've had the success you've had. So how about we take a listen to one of the one of those successful songs? This is Good Day at Work. Thank you. 
right, everybody, that was today's guest, Philip Doc Martin with Good Day at Work. So talk to us about your process for making music. Like, how does that all begin for you and what goes into that process? Well, you know, it has definitely evolved over time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you want to hear the beginning process or you want to hear like the current process? You know, tell me, talk to us about how it's evolved. I think that's an interesting story. Okay. So back in the day, I'd be like, man, I want to record a track, you know, like Mm -hmm. let's write something. I'd sit down at the keyboard and try to figure something out and just write a song. Okay. And the song will be written on a keyboard. I suck at keyboard, so Uh I can't use those tracks. I have to find myself a producer that, you know, back in the day, which was my boy Tony Hemmings, to turn my idea into a dream, like to turn it into a track, help me turn it into a track. So he takes my little dinky keyboard track. He's a keyboard player himself, so he interprets my keyboards and plays it as a track. Okay. He also, what a producer does, he arranges the tune. So we would do this together. Like, I want the verse to be here. I want the chorus to be here. I want the bridge to be right here. Mm-hmm. So now he puts together the sequence of the song. So now we have, like, some fake drums and stuff in the background just trying to, like, give us an idea. Yeah. Now we take that off and we add a live bass player, a live drum player. Sometimes we'll just go into the studio and play everything live. That's uh-huh. what we did back in the day. Okay. Which today would never happen. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like literally you can send a file to a bass player uh-huh. with a click track and stuff and say, okay, we need you to play bass on this track. And they'll like add their part. And then send me an MP3 or a WAV file, and we add it to the session. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. It's it's very not personal now. Yeah, like it's not, you're not rubbing hands with anybody. Yeah, it's like yeah. very not personal. It's very weird now. Do you think that? Do you feel like that detracts from the final product at all, or do you feel like you can still keep the integrity of the final product even though you're working under those auspices? Yeah, and that's the thing. These people, this is what they do. Yeah, yeah. They are studio cats that are, that's how they do their transactions. So, matter of fact, if we played live together, it might suck because they just don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. (laughs) You know, you you gotta have a certain type of musician that that's what they do. They sound good in their pajamas, in their home, yeah. in their closet or whatever. And they'll lay down the track, send it to you, and we just drop it in the track, and it feels great. Yeah. I mean, matter of fact, the last two singles that I released, matter of fact, I think you might be playing one of them on this podcast mm-hmm. here, was done just like that. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear that because, you know, like I lament the fact that, you know, I don't think we get enough live recordings anymore. Like back in the day, you know, like in the like in the 70s and the, and the early 80s, like you get everybody live. You know, everybody did. Yep. Everybody was doing live recordings and you don't get that very much anymore. Right. Oh, especially after COVID. Yeah. Man, yeah. There is no no contact, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I kind of miss it because. I go to a lot of shows, right? That's my fun. For me, it's fun to go to concerts, right? That's the thing I really enjoy doing. And 
there's something that happens when you get a group of musicians together, working together in a live environment. It's just there's just some uniqueness that you'll there. I mean, a live show is always a one of a kind event, right? Yep. And so it's it's you know like I understand why things are done the way they're done. It's way more efficient, right? Everybody's not traveling all over the world to sit in a studio for eight days. You, you watch some of these documentaries about, like I watched one about the, the Bee Gees, and they talked about how they all went to some studio for weeks at a time to make right. That doesn't happen anymore. But it's cool that it translates great to the recorded project. How do you then make sure that when it's time for you to get out and do your live shows that you're finding the people that make that recorded piece at least as good or even better in a live environment. Well, I'm going to tell you this. It is very tough because these days, the atmosphere out here, you get these promoters and they want to promote their jazz series and they have a house band that they use. Yeah. So they don't want to pay to fly your band out that knows your music and plays it the way that it's intended. Yeah. They want me to send my music to this house band and they're going to learn it and play it for me. And I say only five times out of 10, is it like accurate? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. It's very tough. I mean, now they're very talented musicians, but it's just not the same. Yeah. 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 I had that very conversation with someone recently. I was at a show and it was, it was, uh, it were several people on the act. On the bill, on the bill, rather, and there was one very famous artist who's done really, really well, and is a great artist. He had a house band, right? Yeah. And there was another artist. Um, I would say they're, you know, they're p- certainly peers, right? Yeah. Who had his own band, right? Hmm. As a, I'm a promoter myself, a concert promoter myself, it it was night and day for me, right? Yeah. Because the the artist who had his home band, he didn't have to turn and. And, and get transitions right. He didn't have to turn and tell somebody, come on, hit this. Yeah, he he has to do that. Like when he zigged, his people knew to zag, right? The other artist, again, top artist, because he had a house band, he had to turn and tell people, okay, now we're going to do this, now we're going to do that. And as a fan, like I'm like, well, man, that takes away. And maybe I'm a little more critical than some. But it takes away, and I agree with you 100%. That's why with our festival, we don't do house bands. We pay extra to have everybody bring their own band because it's just a better show. It's a better show, man. Like, it's so much more stressful, too. Like, you don't know if they did their homework like that. You're like, okay, the bridge is right here, man. And I'm looking, I'm like, woo, hey, look, the bridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. And, and, and you know, and I, that's got to be frustrating because it's a Philip Doc Martin show, right? And so anything that's not great, it's somebody's going to say, well, that was Philip Doc Martin's product, right? And people, people sitting in the audience don't understand that, no, the promoter chose not to have you bring your own band. They chose to have a house band. Yeah. And no, don't get me wrong. There's some house bands. Like I was in Atlanta the other day with this guy, Doc Robinson, Doc Robinson's jazz series mm-hmm. it was called Sweet Jazz, and he had a house band, and they were great. Yeah, yeah, they were great, but that's a rarity, man. Like, yeah, 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 it's it's tough, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, what's it like for you being on stage and seeing fans enjoying your music? Oh man, that's what keeps me going. You know, yeah. it makes me like, you know what? 
I'm going through all this trouble and a lot of stress, you know, and if they're, they're you're enjoying the music, it makes me feel good because mm-hmm. it makes it worth it. You know, I'm like, man, yeah. you know, I just, I just did. Cause you know what ends up happening? Like these promoters, they'll put you on the earliest flight flying that day, man. Mm-hmm. Like, They'll book you a four in the morning joint, you know, to get you to the gig. You got to fly, wake up early, fly to the gig. You got to do a rehearsal with the band that you've never met before. Yeah. The same day of the show, mind you. Yeah. And the stress of that. And then so technically you're playing the show two times because you got to play in the rehearsal and now you got to play. In the show, and, and half the time by the show, you tired, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're not even physically per se, but mentally. Yeah, yeah. You're just yeah. like, man. I just, man. I am stressed. And I, are we gonna make it? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, but just to see the audience enjoying what you do, that makes it worth it to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what keeps me going for sure. Good, good. Well, Doc, we do this segment on every show. We call it Bout It or Doubt It, okay? So okay. if you're about it, it's something that you're that you're into, that you're feeling. If you're doubted, it's it's something that you that that you just ain't feeling, okay? Can we get you to play today? Sure, why not? All right, let's do it. I started this body body. If you bought it, get them up. I mean you body body. That I mean body. We say you body body. I represent. I doubt it. All right, so Doc, we're gonna spin the wheel and we're gonna get your category. Then we're gonna ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions, okay? Okay. All right, Doc, your category today is sports, okay? Oh wow, okay. About it or doubt it, you're from the D.C. area. About it or doubt it, the Washington Commanders. Ooh, doubt it, bro. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about that. I mean, like, for real, man, like, I just don't think that that team was ever, like, about it, about themselves. I mean, look, yeah. they just changed their name to, like, the Commanders, you know? Like, yeah, come on, man. Let's just say they always suck, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed, like, I don't even know why even they even have season ticket holders in there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just sad, man. It's, I don't know, I'm just... I'm just not about it. I, I don't even really watch football like that. But okay. if I did, it definitely wouldn't be the commander. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, there's been a lot of futility there for a long time. You know, I was back in the day when they were the Redskins, and this is a, I'm dating myself, but that's okay. Like when Doug Williams was the QB there, you yeah. know, they had some, they had a little swag and they had something going on. But it's been a long time for that team. A long, long, long time, time for that team. They had RG3 for a second. Yeah, yeah. But they, <laughs> come to find out, he, I guess he wasn't reading the field or something. They they called him out, man. Yeah, yeah. He would just run the ball or something, not mm-hmm. even look. So, yeah. yeah, and it seems like from a management standpoint, too, they got a lot of issues there, too. So I can't say that I blame you on that doubt. All right, let's do one more. About it or doubt it. Kevin Durant staying with the Brooklyn Nets. You about that or doubt that? I mean, dude, I'm about that, man. Yeah. Yeah, you want to please the fans and all that stuff, but if it's a good look for your life, man, just do that. Yeah. 
you know, not not everyone probably knows exactly the 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 whole thing that went into him moving. So that's a good point. That's a really good point because I think there's so much that you hear bits and pieces through the news, and I have learned through my life and through my career that everything you hear in the news, in fact, a whole lot of what you hear in the news is not accurate, right? And so you don't know the real story behind it, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm one of these people that like any, any professional, especially athletes, they have a short window of career, short career window, right? So if you feel like you want to move on for whatever reason, I I think it's all right, you know? Yeah, man. Like, I don't know if you ever watched this show called Ballers. I have not. No. So there was this football player on Ballers, right? So he got a deal to play for, I guess, some team in California, in L.A. And he was just like, I cannot go to L.A. Mm -hmm. I can't go back there. You know, women trouble or whatever, like vices or, you know, temptations. He just can't go there. So he decided, even though the deal was astronomical, he just passed on it because he can't go to L.A. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's their lives, it's their careers. Let them do what, they, what, they're, what they're comfortable doing. So I, I feel you. I feel you on that one. Well, let's take a listen to another one of your songs, man. How about we play Won't Let Go? All right. All right. Thank you. 
Everybody, you just heard Won't Let Go from today's guest, Philip Doc Martin. Talk to us, Doc, about the genesis of that song. How did that song come to be? Well, you know, it was funny because I was working with this producer and the label that I was on, um, his name is Jacob Webb. Mm -hmm. And he was producing pretty much the whole CD. And I said, man, you know, the flavor was totally different than anything I've ever done. It was like really smooth jazz, whatever, like, which is cool and all. It's good for radio and all that. But I wanted to deal, I wanted my classic sound to still be on the album. Yeah. So I called my boy Tony from back in the day. Uh Uh-huh. And he, we came up with a couple tunes to put on this new record. And this was one of them. And we went to radio and we were promoting the first single off of the record, which was called Riding High. Uh-huh. Come out with this tune. We had such high hopes. You're like, man, this is a number one tune, man. This tune is jamming. And it did nothing. Okay, okay. Just crickets, right? Yeah. Very yeah. confusing. So then we're like, man, we got one more chance. Because they only give you like two chances for a record. Mm-hmm. So the second single, they wanted to go with another one of his tracks. The label did. And I said, nah, man, we're going to go with my boys. Tony's track won't let go. Yeah. Man, it was a smash hit, man. Yeah. Yeah. They still playing it to this day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you just, I just, I'm just so glad I went with my gut. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and just, you know, went with what I thought felt right and good. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the story with that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, though, too, because, yeah, sometimes there are songs. I was listening to an artist the other day, another horn player, trumpet player, and there's a song on on one of his albums that it's not been released. And, like, I like the songs that have been commercially released, but that song, yeah. I think, man, that song would move people, right? And I, I had a yeah. chance to talk to him. I said, man, how come... Are you going to release that song? You got to release that song, man, you know? And I was, yeah, you know, man. and so I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's I don't know, for me I go for feeling. Like does it make you feel something? Does it make me want to bop my head? Does it make me want to tap my toes? Does it, you know? It's really political though, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. This, this whole music game now is so political. It's just like, okay, we just going to release this because it's the right the avenue that we think it is, is that we need to release this sound because mm-hmm. they're not going to play any other sound. So you how know? do you, how do you maintain artistic integrity then in the midst of all of that? Man, sometimes you really can't, man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's been times where you just can't like my first record deal take, for instance, uh-huh. they took my CD that I had sax appeal and they turned it into this, CD called 4.0. So essentially I have eight records, but I don't even talk about this record because I hated it so bad. Yeah. The producer that got a hold of my stuff, he like totally flipped it into a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. You know, added some tunes to it. I did not like it at all. Yeah. Now get this. They paid all this money for me to go on um, this thing called Smooth Jazz TV. Uh, What's the guy's name? Anyway, okay, it was a big deal. Cameron Smith, okay, he had a, a a thing on like national television interviewing smooth jazz people. So I'm on this thing, and right before the interview, they played me my CD. It was the first time I heard it, the new CD. Oh wow! 
and I hated it, man. Huh. And I'm on this interview, and Cameron Smith's like, man, you excited about this release? I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you had to make like, it happen in the moment, huh? Yeah, man. I, I, it was bad. It was tough, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate you sharing that because, like, we don't, you know, we don't, as fans, we don't know some of this backdrop, right? And the fact that, you know, man, there, somebody's taken my, my, my work. And, and, and there's a process, like, as a creative person, like, you, you start with a blank canvas oftentimes. And you're digging yeah. out of yourself to fill up that canvas. And then somebody takes it and, and flips the script on it. And it's like, whoa, 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 what happened there? Oh, man, it was tough, man. I hated it, man. Everything happens for a reason, though, because we yeah. released the record, and then the the for some reason I don't know people just got a lot of money out here. But the guy that owned the record label, uh-huh. he just wanted something for his girlfriend to do. Huh. So he paid all this stuff, all this record label stuff, just so the girlfriend could have something to do. We released the record, and they have a big fight and break up. Record label is done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that was it. I mean, I ended up having just to take my record back Uh and just call it Sax Appeal again. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's that's an amazing story. That's an amazing story. So what's it? So let's let's flip to the positive side of things. Okay. What is it like for you when you are in the zone musically? Oh, man. It's like. I leave my body, man. It's not, I let the music take me. And you can tell when I left the building, man. It's mm-hmm. just, I just let it take me, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what, I think that's why people like seeing me live because they can tell I really enjoy what I do. Yeah. And I was like, I asked a fan one time, he's like, man, I love seeing you play. I was like, well, what is it about my playing you like so much? Because there's, there's tons of musicians out here. Yeah. It's like, man, I could just, I just love seeing you enjoy doing what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like I'm giving them joy. My joy gives them joy. Mm-hmm. And I can't, you can't, no one, like, not a lot of people have that opportunity. Yeah, that's that. so true. And I don't take it for granted, man. I really don't. That's why, even though, like, sometimes I'm tired, man. I don't even want to do the gig, man. Mm-hmm. Get on the planes and, you know, with COVID and pandemics and all this stuff. I'm like, man, I'm not trying to die right. going over there, right. man. But it's it's worth it to me, man, just yeah. to go out there and play. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm back on the road, y'all. So, all right, all right. Know, ask me at a show, Rochester uh, next month. Uh-huh. Was it Pensacola? Okay. Jazz Fest. Okay. I'm opening up for Boney James, y'all. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be great. Where can people get information? What's your website address? So philipdocmartin.com. So two L's with Philip. All right, everybody, go check that out. Make sure you if you can if you can catch Philip Doc Martin out on on stage somewhere. Make sure you do that because I know it's going to be a great show. So being able juggling all that you juggle with your dental practice and with your music career, do you have any hobbies outside of those two things? Or is it just, that's probably enough to keep you going though, huh? Well, you know, I'll tell you this. I am a huge foodie. Oh, okay. Okay. 
So I love going out and eating new cuisines, going to the, like, when I go to a city, I want to go to the dopest restaurant, even if it's a mom and pop restaurant. I want to sample the cuisine. Okay. That's what makes me, like, really, like, tick. Like, I could have been, like, a chef or a food critic or something. I'm all about the food, man. Okay, okay, okay. What are some of your favorites? So, like, p- tell me how uh, a cup, a city you've been to recently that you've explored some cuisine, and what was one of your favorite places in that city? Man, let's see. Wow, that's a tough one. I would say some of the best cuisine I've had. New York has some good, good. Yes, food. it does. Yes, it does. I was actually surprised because you know y'all going. I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this, but I was in Chicago about a couple weeks ago, man, and I tried the deep dish and all this stuff, man. It wasn't hitting like they was talking, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm just not a deep dish guy. Yeah. But they were hyping it. Go to Lou Malinati's Pizza and get yes. this deep dish. Man, I was like, man, this this, this needs some salt and pepper, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nah, man. And then I tried the Chicago dog. That was the best thing I had. Chicago. Okay. okay. I'll give you all that. And I did try the beef, the Vienna beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the peppers and stuff, which, man, I paid for that the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spicy yeah. jardinero, whatever. Uh, my, my wife is from Chicago, and that's one of her favorite things, that Italian beef sandwich with that spicy jardinero. I cannot yeah. eat it. I cannot eat it. It's I can't that, really do it either. Yeah, man. and it's just too spicy. It's too much for me. It's too much for me, you know. So. Yeah, another thing that I did not get to try, and I'm mad, but I had to go to the hood to get it, and I wasn't uh-huh. going to risk that, man. Like some wings and some mild sauce. Yes. You had that before? Harold's Chicken. See? Harold's Chicken. I lived in Chicago for about six years. And so I have had Harold's Chicken, and we live. I'm I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin now. We're about ninety miles north of Chicago. Yeah. My wife and my daughter, they don't have any issue with saying, "I want to go down to Chicago to get some Harold's Chicken." I don't want to go. I won't go that far myself, but they will. They definitely will. So yeah. What's this mild sauce? Mild sauce or whatever. What is you that? You know, you know, I, I. It, I haven't had it in a really, really long time, so I don't think I could describe it and do it justice, right? But to me, it's it's decent, it's good, but you know, for me, it's not an, it's not like a ninety, it's not worth a ninety mile trip, you know? <laughs> yeah, like because so. I'm in the D.C. area and we have this thing called mumbo sauce. Out okay, here. okay. You ever heard of that? I have not. No. So it's like a sweet, like it's almost like sweet and sour sauce. Okay, okay. But they put it on chicken wings. Yeah. So, okay. Technically, the mild sauce in Chicago is probably like the mumbo sauce. Probably here. so. Probably so. Something like that. Yeah. yeah probably but, not I mean, too different. I didn't get to try this. Said you got to go to the hood, man. Yeah. And I yeah. heard that you you don't want to mess with that out there in Chicago, man. It, it, it's it's a challenging thing in the shy. I was just <laughs> in the shy last weekend, and I got to tell you. It can be a challenging thing, you know. So, so it can, right. it can. So, yeah, you know, it depends on how bad you want that chicken, you know. So. Yeah, man, I was not trying, you know. Like, I probably had tourists; they would know in two seconds I'm not from over there. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, so Doc, what advice would you give your 13 year old self about life? Enjoy it, man. Yeah. Don't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. And enjoy. The small wins. 
Yeah. You know, like, I didn't enjoy some of these small little things that I should have, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, even like, uh, let's say, okay, you had a difficult test or something and you passed the test. Mm -hmm. Man, you need to celebrate that win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, for instance, like, one of my musician friends, he's kind of, I don't know if he's frustrated or whatever, but he did this long Facebook post. And he said he'll never forget it, man. He was talking to this older guy at this convention. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of complaining. He's like, man, my music career ain't where it needs to be. And what can I do to make it better? You know what this old guy said to him, man? Hmm. He said, you need to appreciate what you got now because this could be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be the best it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you sitting there complaining. Yeah. You know? It's a great point. Yeah. So I, I would just say enjoy and appreciate the W's you get in life. That's great advice. You know? Yeah. So that, that's my thing. And I've been learning to do that more. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like I have a procedure or something that's difficult and I get through it on the other side and get a good result. Man, celebrate that win, man. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. That's great advice. That's great advice. Well, let's play one more of your songs here. How about we play The Doc Is In? All right. All right. Thank you. 
All right, everybody. Again, that was our guest today, Philip Doc Martin, with his tune, The Doc is In. So, Doc, what is something your fans would be surprised to learn about you? That's a good question. A lot of, you know, truth be told, a lot of these people that I meet, because I meet a lot of people in my dental practice, mm-hmm. and I, you know, none of them know that I play. Okay. You know, because I don't lead with that. You know, yeah. like, when you come to me, you have to have confidence that I know what the hell I'm doing. Absolutely. You know, like, <laughs> Absolutely. So if you learn that about the music thing about me, that's a bonus. Yeah. A lot of these mus- uh, these patients, when they find out that I play, because what I do, I have my CDs out in the front. Uh-huh. Right before they leave, it just says, take one. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. And they'll, like, grab the CD, and they'll be like, oh, that's cute. You play a little music. Uh-huh. And then they come back on the next visit, and they're like, yo, I had no idea you was playing like that. And I'm like, yeah. You go, how come you don't tell people? I said, man, you didn't come here for me to play you no saxophone. I'll tell yeah. you that. Yeah, right, right, right. Fix your teeth. Right. Let me fix those first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, you know what, though? That's really good, though, because you're right. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, you're absolutely right about what you said. They 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 come to you and expect a level of proficiency for you as a dentist, right? Exactly. They need to be confident in that. And then the anything else is like is is like gravy, right? It's exactly. extra. It's extra. Bonus. So that's cool. That's cool. So what's playing in your car right now? You know what, man? I'm all about that throwback right now. Okay. Man. Okay. You know, it's funny. I saw a podcast like this guy, you know Steve Cole? Yes. Oh yeah. Like today, I saw a podcast. I said, man, let me pull out some old Steve Cole. Yeah. I pulled out his first record called Between Us. Uh-huh. Man, that every song on that record was slamming, man. Yeah. He was actually ahead of his time with production, the the, the way it was engineered, the playing, the, the slickness. I was just like, man, I just I just appreciate stuff like that yeah that's one of the things i love about this genre of music too it's like you go like there's stuff like you said like you talked about like i you know i remember the first contemporary jazz album i ever really took a took a shining to and liking to was david sanborn's voyeur album right yes sir and i still listen to that to this day i was a freshman or a freshman in high school when i heard my older brother playing it and to this day, that's one of the things I still love to listen to because it just it's just timeless good music. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? It brings back a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure does. Felt, it sure does. How did you feel back in the day when you was, you know, what were you doing? That must have been a real exciting time, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So can you pinpoint your three favorite albums of all time? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. All right. Kirk Whalum for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a definite hitter right here. Yeah. I must say Everett Harp's first record. I think it was self-titled. Mm-hmm. The Red the red Joint. Yep. 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 And Dave Carr's Lucky Man. Scene. All right. Oh, yeah. Those are classics. Those are classics. I'm sure there's others. There's plenty of other good ones, but. Those are pretty good, though. Those are the three for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I could I could take those on a road trip and be real happy. Yeah, Be man. real, real happy. So, yeah, I think you'll like this question as a foodie, all right? So, you, you're having a dinner party. You can invite any three people to your dinner party, living or deceased. 
who's coming to your dinner party and what's on the menu? <laughs> okay. Wow. That's a tough question, man. <laughs> I could tell. Okay, well, let me start with what's on the menu. Okay. Okay. We're going to have some noodles of some sort. Okay. Okay. I like noodles. Yeah. I like some steak. Uh-huh. Real good steak. Yeah. And whatever veggies, man. All good right. salad. Good okay. salad. Man. Okay. All yeah. right. And then um, who would I invite, though? Yeah. Ugh, that's the question. I'm going to say I'd like to have dinner with Kirk Whalum. Yeah. I'd like to have dinner with Wynton Marsalis. Oh. Yep. And I'd like to have dinner with George Duke. George Duke. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be that would be a powerhouse dinner right there. Yeah, man. That would be fun right there. Yeah, that would be. That would be. Well, good, good, good. Yeah, that's that's one where I wouldn't mind getting an invitation to that party. That would be a good party. That would be a good party. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so, Doc, what does the rest of the year hold for you? You know what? New connections, man. Okay. Like, it's funny, man. Like, these, these promoters are finally starting to take notice. And uh, now that things are opening back up, yeah. they're starting to get me in for these shows. And the one thing that is really cool is that you know, they, you know, they want to be business with it. Like, all right, you need to be here at this time. You're going to get paid this much rehearsals this time. Okay, fine. But when they meet me and they, we have a conversation Yeah. and we're chilling and they realize, man, this guy's really cool. Yeah. 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 I want to, I'd hang out with this guy. Right. 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 You know, like that's cool. Like making new connections. Yeah. Making like networking, meeting new like I'll meet the house band and we like chilling, like meeting new people, man. Yeah, good for you. You know, I love I love that. That's what I want to keep on doing, at least in the music space, because in the demo yeah. space, I meet new people every day, all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. And it has to be a really it's always accelerated because in five minutes that I meet you, I'm sticking a needle in your mouth or something. Yeah. Right. We right, got to get right. to know each other real quick. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you uh-huh. Know? So it's kind of cool to do that in the music space. Yeah. Yeah. That's no exciting. Doubt. You know, I do it all the time in the demo space. It's not exciting anymore. Yeah. 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 Now I get to do it in the music space and I'm like, man, yeah. Good for you. Good Different. for you. Well, man, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to to chop it up with us a little bit today. Man, we wish you nothing but continued success, and I uh, would look forward to seeing you out on the road and listening to some, some more of your great music. Oh, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, our pleasure. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage.